0: Listen up, it's almost it's time almost to time crack to
1: open, open a cold one and tell me what's on your mind. King Michael Wellington flex a little bit of emotional intelligence. So before they get track, welcome
0: to the Street Smart Mental Health Podcast, yeah. Well, hello again, everybody. To all of the veterans out there, thank you for your service. This is the Street Smart Mental Health Podcast. We are coming to you, as always, from the Fuse Automotive Group Studio. My name is Michael Wellington, and the man across the table from me is my tag team partner. Many of you know him as the Natty King. His name is Brandon McNamee. Brandon, what is happening today, my man?
1: Oh, you know, brother, just living it up. I'm glad to be here, as always, and ready to talk with
0: our next guest. Ready to get going. Yeah, man. We got a special treat for us today. We've got a veteran. We've got... A hell of an American, a hell of a guy, a hell of a golfer, too. His name is Bobby Hutchinson. Bobby, how the hell are you?
2: I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Nice little drive out here, but hey, it's worth it. Where are you coming it. from? Clint carbon
0: illinois oh fuck how
2: yeah. far is that it's about 45 miles oh shit. so not too bad but well, thanks dude for coming but uh, absolutely i, I appreciate,
0: appreciate it i appreciate you guys yeah. having me on no thank you for coming all the way out here and, and as always for all of our veterans everywhere yourself included thank you for your service absolutely tell us a little bit about how you decided to get into the service what branch and how old you were and kind of how it all started <laughs> all right well I wasn't the
2: best student in high school. You and me both, brother. Let's put it that
0: way. (laughs) Yeah, I
2: I had a little too much fun. And so I realized college wasn't in my future. And so I went to the Navy recruiter and said, hey, I want to join the Navy. And so this was April of 1990, I guess. And talked to him a little bit and he said, let's get it going. And so I went through a process and ended up graduating early. And then May 1st, I went to boot camp orlando florida and peacetime not even you know i wasn't a, much into history back then in fact it was one of my least favorite subjects funny how things change now i love history <laughs> but um anyway so went through boot camp and then the day i graduate boot camp saddam hussein invaded kuwait Is that, that right? day he invaded kuwait we did uh, oh, you, yeah saddam hussein day? yeah the day oh, i graduated oh. boot camp Yeah, yeah, yeah saddam hussein invaded kuwait so i was like well shit just changed real quick so i go to a school and go fort mississippi get through that and then my reserve unit's on alert status and then december of 1990 i get the call and i had to go out to camp pimbleton for training go through all the briefing bullshit about their customs and no pornography no alcohol those
1: are the best all kinds of
2: all kinds of weird shit you know like shake with your right hand your left hand's okay yeah. It's, yeah weird weird shit but that's mm-hmm. our customs and you have to abide by their laws which is kind of crazy because if you get caught stealing over there shit that'll chop your hand off which i don't steal anyway but <laughs> but it's just that's a little yeah that's a lot that's a little of... extreme <laughs> you know whereas here <laughs> in the united states right now you steal something so go ahead right? Get a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get out of jail free card so it's, it's a little different so i ended up going over there left Right before Christmas, went to Fort Dex, and then I think it was right around New Year's Eve or whatever, we ended up flying over to Saudi Arabia.
0: Shit. So, what was that like? Yeah, what was Saudi I'm Arabia kidding. like? It was like stepping back in time. Really.
2: really? I mean, it's biblical. You'd see camels, you know, like sheep herders. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow, it was just fuck. with their robes and with their get up and everything. And yeah, it was like stepping back in time. It was, it was crazy. And to be honest with you, the craziest thing was going through the... Because they supposedly had chemical weapons, which they did, because they used them on the Kurds in the north. Okay, Um, So we knew they had them. And so that's one thing I got really good at was getting my gas mask on and getting it on a good seal and getting it on quick. And so the day I got hurt, A-ray sirens had gone off. And me and a guy from actually St. Louis, Eric Dykeman, had water detail so we'd pick up these 200 gallon water tanks we would take them to a fire hydrant and we would fill them up and drop them back off and then treat them to where we had drinking water and i think we're hooking up our second or third run of the morning airy tyron goes off and i look over at eric and it's like oh shit let's just leave it he's like can't do that now i pulled the pin like the third wheel you know mm-hmm. it's like a bolt trailer you got the third wheel and I was like, well, let's try and get this motherfucker on here so we can yeah. get to a bunker and get our gas mask on. And so we kind of gave it a little <laughs> shove, and the third wheel just kind of came up, flipped up, and the thing just collapsed and came down on my leg and tried to get up. I was like, that ain't happening. And got on my gas mask, told him, get to a bunker, and I'll see you when the all-clear sounds. And so I had a gash in my knee, didn't think much of it, to be honest with you. I thought, oh, I fucked up my knee pretty good, but I'll be all right. But my leg just wasn't responding to the treatment. My foot started swelling up. And luckily I had this anesthesiologist over there that he's like, Well, I got good news and bad news. I was like, what's the bad news? Bad news is you may never walk again.
1: I was oh, like that's it. That's some freaking it's bad news. Bad, I was like, I hope terrible. the good
2: news is really good. He's like, Well, good news is you're going home. I was like, Well, that's not really good news either, because yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. want to leave my unit. I was like, Said, well, that's kind of shitty. That's both bad news.
0: How long had you been there before the accident, this accident happened?
2: Oh, to be honest with you, probably six weeks okay. before the accident occurred. So I wasn't over there very long. And just kind of a freak accident. Guy I was working with felt really bad about it, but I was like, shit happens. It wasn't just one of those things that happened. But and <laughs> the doctor, they did some x-rays, and he comes up to me and he says, have you ever been shot in that leg before? I was like, yeah, when I was a kid. I was like, I shooting BB gun with my cousin, shooting beer cans. And, and he had it pointed at my leg. I said, hey, don't point that thing at my leg. He says, safety's on. He pulls the trigger. Safety wasn't on. <laughs> Boom, right into my freaking leg. He goes, there's your BB. He showed me the x-ray, and the BB was still in my leg. No From shit. when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, from wow. when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, back in those days, I was talking to my mom about this not long ago, actually. They just put something on it and said, go play. Right. You know, it wasn't like I went to the ER to try and and find out if it's still in there or whatever. And So, yeah, just put some of that pred, that black salve on it. Uh and said, go play. You're fine. (laughs) Get the fuck over it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so. Did they get it out? Is it still in there? It's still in there. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's still in there. (laughs) Yeah, it was right up here. So it's still somewhere in there, part of the leg that I have left. It's always my left leg. I broke this leg when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, yeah.
2: And now, yeah, you know, I'm an above-knee amputee, but hey, life's still good. I'm playing golf, and that's playing better golf now than I ever have in my life. No yeah, question thanks, about that. Thanks to this guy here, Mike Wilton, and, and a lot gonna, of other people. But, he's
1: going to yeah. teach me, too, this summer. I'm going to yeah. get a little better. But, damn, go. dude, that's amazing. So yeah. you lose the leg. They amputate it. Yeah. And this is, uh, what, 91?
2: So they wanted to amputate it in 91. I was at Great Lakes Naval Hospital, and they came up to me and said, listen, you're never going to walk again. We may as well amputate it because it's just going to – your leg's going to – you're going to watch your leg die. Oh, sure. And so I had muscle atrophy, you know, you know, weakening of the muscles and everything. I was like, hell no. I was like, I'm 19 years old, Yeah. and yeah. the prosthetics back then oh. are not nearly the same as what – You got a good one now? I'm, yeah, I got a really – yeah, top of the line, I got a – by Autobach. so it's waterproof which is kind of crazy because you have to charge it so there's so there's some sort of electricity, electricity going through that thing and <laughs> yeah. so, but the first time I, I was like i have a diving board i was like well screw it if i'm going in go off the diving well, let's board. Go. let's go yeah. let's do it so but yeah it, so 91 day one day ampute, i said no and then did some research on what was going on with my leg i have reflex sympathetic dystrophy which is a chronic pain condition and that affects your sympathetic nervous system. Instead of, like, you get hurt and you recover, it just keeps thinking that you're still hurt. And so my foot would swell up, get real purple yeah. and red, and then it'd be cold or hot to touch. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. Wow. And so my buddy had a pool, and I put some ankle weights on, and just started walking lighter in water, and started walking around the side of the pool, and I recovered. I got back on my feet again, and then. And 2003, I was working for an AB distributorship and just throwing around some beer. And I needed like two cases of Bud bottles or something like that. And I didn't feel like moving a bunch of shit. I was at a shop and save. And so I climbed up there and there was one stack that was lower. So I moved them down and I grabbed one and it was falling. And I just instinctively, I lunged down to catch it. And right. I did, my spine was rotating and I just kind of felt like you hit your funny bone you know like nerve pain and so it went down my left leg like well shit my back started to tighten up so I called my boss said hey I think I just kind of tweaked my back I'm not sure what's going on but sure I'll be fine you know what do you want me to do he said well go to the yard get checked out back was fine but like a day later my legs started jacking up again foot was swelling up I was getting red splotches real hot and everything and I couldn't beat it this time I I couldn't weight bear, and so I was literally watching my leg die this time. So, in the prosthetics now are so much better. That's one thing that, unfortunately, you know, wars are never good, but the war in Afghanistan and Iraq really brought on a huge advancement in R&D research and development for prosthetics. And I'm very fortunate. The VA's gotten a lot better. Wasn't a fan of the VA in the beginning, whenever I got back in 91, but they made a lot of progress. Still got a ways to go, but much better than what they were.
0: So when was it, I guess it was right after that little accident. Did you have the leg amputated right closely there after the accident um, when you were So working?
2: 2003, it was 2009. So I got hurt in 2003 at work. Okay. It was 2009, whatever, actually. So I had it. Another six years, a little over six years, I guess.
1: So eighteen years, you had this leg that was pretty
2: much fucked.
0: It was dead um, almost, right? Well, could you like I said, them? I had
2: recovered
0: almost and fully. went back to work.
2: Yeah, I was I was fine. I played softball. I mean, yeah, wow. I was in I okay worked for a sheriff's department at one point. I was in good shape, but yeah, whenever I hurt my back, it just it, there see. was. So there's two types of they also call it complex regional pain syndrome, and there's two types. This one had nerve involvement, which is more. It's tougher to beat. Mm-hmm. So went to a pain doctor, and he's like, well, we got medications that will help you control the pain. And That started a whole different journey. So I started taking delauded. Well, I think they had me on Vicodin at first.
0: So this is where the pills began.
2: This is where the pills began. And so I was like, all right. You know, I was like, well, I, I don't want to suffer. Did they so help? At first, they did. Okay. Yeah, at first, they took the edge off. So if I had a pain of 8, 9, they would drop it down to 6, 5. So much better. But then you start that cycle, you know, of, okay, Vicodin is not doing it anymore. You know, you're, you're on that for six months, seven months. So they increase the dosage of that. And then it's just not doing it. So he put me on Dilaudid. And so I started out four milligrams, and I had to go up to eight milligrams for that. And I never abused it. I took it like I was supposed to. But it changes who you are, and you don't even realize it, and that's a scary part.
0: How so? Yeah.
2: Your personality, it's almost like being on certain mental health medications Mm -hmm. where you just don't feel as much. You're not too high. You're not too low. You're just kind of... Numb? Yeah. Right. You just... No personality. Yeah. No life in you, really. And I had kids at the time. I still took care of my kids, coached basketball, baseball, and took them practices and helped them with homework and everything i was divorced at that time so still managed but it wasn't until i had remarried and been on these medications for years Mm -hmm. and went through another divorce they call me ross from friends okay been been, been married a few times (laughs) larry king yeah (laughs) been married a few times but uh yeah i was just like something's got to change Whenever I went through a divorce and literally I was getting in the shower and got this full length mirror. I looked at myself and I was like, you look like shit. And not, I did. Yeah. I was like 260 pounds. I did not feel good at Called all. Called
0: yourself out basically.
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah. And so I went to the VA and I told my doctor, I said like, I want off every medication I can get off of. And I, at the time I was on mental health, like for PTSD, I was on meds for that. You know, the Dilaudid and, or Opana at that time. Yeah, I was some a slew of medication.
0: How many pills at that point were you taking a day?
2: So I would take, on the Opana, I would take every four to six hours, so probably three to four a day. Okay. I never took more than I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, So I didn't abuse it, but it doesn't matter it still changes who you are. Just it does. At least it did for me, you know, it might be different for everyone, but, but that was the best decision I ever made was go to her. And she's like, well, we're probably going to have to make it to the hospital. And I was like, no. Oh,
1: you want, she wanted you to go, she you want want to meet. go cold Turkey, like completely. I'm not taking these ever again. Well, not a weaning type thing. Well,
2: and see that that's why I think she was worried about. Even if I try to wean myself off of it, the withdrawals are just going to be too severe. that. They yeah. wanted to keep an eye on me. And I was like, well, let's tell me what to do. I'll try it. And if I can't do it, then we'll, regroup. we'll talk again. find out what we need to do. Then I'll do the hospital or whatever. And she's like, all right, yeah. So cut it in half. And the first few weeks, probably going to be the worst. And she was right. First few weeks, whenever I cut it in half, because I was used to getting a certain amount, mm-hmm. I was pretty sick. I'd get night sweats, chills, felt nauseous. But after that first few weeks, I cut it in <laughs> half again. And I was like, well, I'm doing it. I was committed at that point. I was like, I'm never touching this stuff again. And I had some real bad phantom pain recently. And I was scared because they gave me some medication. But I, I took it like I was supposed to. And I just took it until I was over the pain. Took the edge off. So knock on wood, thank God. It wasn't a problem because some people some people like, can't tell can't even can't do that and that's yeah and
1: that's yeah. the problem is they'll
2: they think they, oh, oh I'm I, in pain it's so I,
1: actually incredible that you could do those two weeks whenever you knew the whole time that you could literally take one pill and feel fine right like that's that's amazing that's this that's yeah. probably the hardest struggle
2: yeah it was a tough time in my life but now that I'm on the other side it's great you know? yeah what
0: what stretch were the years on that when you were getting off the pills and you were getting remarried and or maybe divorced in your mind, the worst stretch, I should say.
2: Yeah. So that was the worst part was like, cause I felt like we had a decent relationship, mm-hmm. but I was really depressed cause I saw our relationship changing and, you know, was a blended family. So I have, man, talk about crazy. So I have my daughter and then four stepdaughters. We had two dogs and this is 2016 is when we got married. And so, long story short, I went from having a chaotic house to once I got divorced, my daughter graduates high school, I have this six-bedroom house, and it's just me. She even took the dogs. Damn. Wow. All the dogs. That's an and interesting shift. And I had one dog, black, black Lab, that was that was my boy. He was always there with me. I was at home most of the time. And so it was. he was my he was a good Bentley, so he's a good dog. And she even took that one. I was like, man, she could have left me one dog. <laughs> Fuck,
0: man. Yeah. Was it... Um, yeah, right. <laughs> did it become... More difficult the more time you spend in the house by yourself. Yeah. Or was it better? I mean, I don't know.
2: Yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. It, it was very difficult. But I think that it was kind of the precipice of making me want to make that change, mm-hmm. you know, to get off the medications and eat better, lose the weight. Rest in peace, Lisa Marie. Mm-hmm. But like I equivalent myself back then as Fed Elvis. Like whenever Elvis <laughs> was on all the medications sure. and stuff, he blew sure. up. Yeah. I was that. My face was. I was just swollen from all the medications, and I didn't right. eat right. And... Were you drinking excessively? No, I didn't drink at all back then. Okay, I did not drink when I was on the medication. I do now, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but hey, I do it. You're right sometimes. Yeah,
1: no, I hear you. I yeah. fall
2: sometimes, but that's all right. right. I got one leg. <laughs> yeah, I got an excuse. You got yeah.
1: I'm not drunk. I got fucking one leg.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, it's usually of. I'm with a friend, a good friend of mine from high school, Bartley. So we had the NFL draft. And so we're having a few beers during the draft or whatever. And he said, let's go to, I forget the name of the bar, but let's go have a couple more. So I was like, all right. And then one more turns into two. And then we're doing a couple shots and everything. And so I get back to my truck. I'm like, probably shouldn't be driving. So I call an Uber. And poor guy, this old man picks me up and takes me home. And he knows that I'm hammered uh, it's pretty hammered so he looks at me you're gonna make it it's like i think i got this and i got this on video i have ring it's freaking <laughs> hilarious so i get to the i got one step to get up and then another to get in the house two steps and so i have this post and there's a box we had a delivery and the box was right in my way and oh, i didn't no. see it until it was too late i went up and i tried to swing my leg around it and i just went boom hit the yeah. deck hit the deck right on my freaking knee i was like oh shit and i'm just laying there and uh <laughs> so my girlfriend comes out are you okay it's like yeah she said well get up And i was like i don't think that's happening bring me a pillow <laughs> 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 yeah i was like yeah, i might sleep here she's like no you can make it and i was like well i'll just scoot in so i, I scooted my ass inside the door and
0: everything was good we have covered so much here let's take a quick break and come right back what you want. Lou
1: has got
0: it. We've been here for over 70 years, giving back to community charities, local organizations, and youth athletics. And now we're the official automotive sponsor of St. Louis City SC. We've been here, providing the best car buying experience to our customers. Lou Fuse, we are here with the respect you deserve for 70 years and counting. Welcome back to Street Smart. We're going to get right back to the action. You and I, Bobby, we had lunch back in the fall, and you said something to me that day that I'll never forget because we were talking a little bit about different people we know and ourselves and how we had to go from being in a bad place to get to a good place. And one of the things you said at that lunch was, how important it was to actually work at it, to actually put the time and the effort in. Yeah. Can you put a finger on exactly either some of the things you still do or some of the things you did to really get you from that place that was really bad to a place now where you're better physically, you're better mentally, you're traveling the world literally to play golf. We'll get into that in a minute. But what yeah. were the things that, that you were doing or that you still do to work hard at your health?
2: Yeah, so once I got off the medication, I started working out Mm -hmm. and started eating right. Like I do high protein, a lot of yogurts, fruits, grains, stuff like that. And I've never been one to really watch what I eat. But once I got off the weight, now I eat what I want, but my weight's stable. Mm -hmm. But it's something you have to always be cognizant of, especially because I still get phantom pain. And a real quick story about that. So recently I had a pretty bad episode of phantom pain in
0: it. How do you I spell phantom? Yeah, what was is it? that? Phantom pain? Phantom, phantom pain. Phantom oh. pain
2: is, so, you know, I don't have a leg. Right. You still right. feel it? It's, but I still get. Oh, like as if like, you did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It, Interesting. it feels like I'm getting electrocuted.
1: No shit. Um, which in your like, leg that's not there. Yes.
0: Is yeah. that like when I don't have my cell phone in my pocket, but it feels like my pocket is ringing? Is that <laughs> right?
1: Yeah.
2: It's exactly <laughs> the same thing, Mike. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's crazy because I woke up one night and I had a calf cramp. I don't have a fucking calf. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it no, might you might have been boot camp. And I actually, I was like on Facebook, I was like, all right, riddle me this. So it's like, I don't have a calf. I have a calf cramp. Can't rub it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this is, mm. this wow. is bizarre. So I had a real bad episode and up for like 24 hours, just couldn't sleep. And it was pretty persistent. I mean, it just, I might get a couple minute break, but then it hit me again. And I'm still a dumbass, but as a kid, I was pretty stupid at times. And so, and someone dares you to do something, you do it, right? Sure. Especially if it's one of your cousins. <laughs> so I had a cousin dare me to put my finger. Remember the old light sockets were the pull chain and everything. And. He said, I dare you to put your finger in there and pull the chain. It's like, all right. So I know what it feels like to get electrocuted because I was a dumbass and did that. So that's kind of what it feels like. It feels Interesting. like I'm getting electrocuted. And so I go to the VA and shout out to the chief of the ER there at the VA, John Cocker, and He was tremendous. He knew how much pain I was in. And he's like, I want to get you some help. Like I said, I hate doing the medications. And thank God that I have the willpower now to say, all right, get me through this, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. I'm not starting to do this shit all over again, taking it habitually. And I was like, I really don't want the medications. He's like, it's the only thing we've got to help you. And you're going to have to do something. And so he gave me a shot of Dilaudid and helped a little bit, but then wears off and it's back. He's like, have you ever heard of ketamine? And I was like, yeah, I've read about it some. And he's like, would you be open to trying that? You know, I heard it could help phantom pain. Like,
0: in pill form? or in-
2: No, it was uh, infusion. Okay, So they start an IV and they give you a drip. And so I did that for a couple hours. And honest to God, ever since I had that ketamine infusion, I, I've had some episodes, but they're minor as in comparison to some that I've had in the past. Good. So, that so you was,
0: found something that works.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, a lot of times you go to the VA... Like, he, he got me in quick, and he was a great doctor. Nurse was cool. Yeah, so. But, yeah, I just thank God that I don't even have the urge to get back on the pills. Good. Because I, I saw what it did. Yeah. And that's, that's unfortunately the thing. It's like people get hurt in car wrecks or whatever, and they get on these pills, and then the doctor says, all right, you're done. So they turn to the street a lot of times, and that's never a good idea especially nowadays with fentanyl and everything else right, right there, so of course yeah
1: man phantom
2: um, pain yeah yeah phantom limb pain what yeah. is it called phantom limb pain
1: phantom limb pain mm-hmm. that's interesting
2: yeah, yeah it's, brain's a crazy thing you know it's not there but your brain still thinks it is i guess and some people have it worse than others Whenever I first had it amputated in 2009, it was pretty bad.
1: How did that period of time go for mm-hmm. you after leaving the hospital? I mean, how was Ooh, that time?
2: That, that was that was tough, you know, because getting the prosthetic right—that's a process—and not knowing what it's supposed to be like and feel like and everything. And, and
1: up until this point, you were walking, right? Well, um, t- no, 2000, no, 2003
2: or three. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I hadn't walked in years. Oh, you hadn't? No, at that point, I was, wheelchair. Yeah, it was. Crutches, wheelchair. I was good at crutches, but yeah, whenever I had it amputated, I had, ended up getting MRSA too, so that didn't help. Oh me. man, so that's scary. Me, yeah,
1: how are you mentally through all this?
2: I'm at the I time. I was I was depressed, but I was anxious to try and get my life back. I was like, all right, this is my new life. It's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So suck it up, buttercup, and get moving. Right? Yes, absolutely. And, uh, so I got fitted and. There's a lot of swelling, of course. You know, you have your leg, and so I went through a lot of sockets for my prosthetic.
0: Well, I remember that because when I met and you, which was probably I mean, how long did just, it take you to find the right leg? I mean, oh
2: man, it, it was it was a while. Because I like, think I, I met had the first you first leg, and well, I played out of a cart for a while. Because I remember I, I, I couldn't do it because of the phantom pain, and I didn't have the fit right, so the socket yeah. was coming up pretty high into my thigh or into my groin area. And so I told my prosthetist one day, I was like, listen, I think I could do this, but I'll be walking sometimes and it'll hit my boys and it takes your breath away. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, like how, how that do those things, how do they stay on? Like, what's the, so this is suction. So you have a, a liner and uh-huh. it's kind of like a big O-ring. Uh-huh. And so whenever you slide it down into the socket, the hard shell just creates pressure and it just stays on. So there's a valve and once you get air in there, you can slide it off fucking science. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, when I met you it was I want to say either 2013 or 14. You were still searching for the right correct fit. fit. Right. You were playing on a fit that didn't really work, but you were continuing to play. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I felt like you were overweight. Yes. You were your personality was different than it is the last few years. I mean, you, you were definitely, you were in a depressed cycle for sure. And then all of a sudden, remi- remind me when you found the right fit. Was it 16? Was it
2: for wanna your leg? I want say it was probably was yeah, it 2015 or 16. Okay. It might have been 16. Well, I think it might have been 15. I so it was in there so, somewhere. Right, right around there.
0: And then yeah, I just remember just, after that happened, like, come. I remember coming to the league. Mm-hmm. It was probably 17, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you were like, all of a sudden, you were like fit. Yeah. And you were like slender. Yeah, I remember you looking at And me like, you were hitting Whoa. the golf ball. I was like, okay. what the fuck happened to this guy? <laughs> like, yeah. where did he come from? Yeah. And then you just continued to get better and better and better. And I feel like your story and your progression mm-hmm. is something that people can learn from. So yeah, once you man. got that right leg, the right fit for your leg, at that point, were you starting to do other things, whether it's exercise or diet or sleep or what, you know, what, what, cause you definitely made a physical shift mm-hmm. at that point. And that was yeah, when you confided well physical and mental. You right? also confided to me around that time that, Hey, I was kind of fucked up on these pills and these painkillers. And I had to like draw the line and and get away from that. Right. So I was just curious when you had all this positive momentum, there was like a shift or a flip and you started going in the right direction and you never looked back to your credit. It was there anything that you were doing that really was a catalyst for all that?
2: Like I said, I started working out. So I started getting in the gym. Like,
0: like what were you doing? Cause I mean, it's, um, it's one thing for me and Brandon to sit here and go, right. yeah, we went to the gym, but we have both of our legs, right? right? So, what kind of things so were you doing?
2: I'd ride a bike. Okay. I'd do a treadmill. I'd do some weights just to get toned. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to bulk up or anything. At that time, I'd lost quite a bit of weight already. Yeah. But this is pre COVID, you know? Oh, yeah. So I was working out pretty good. And then, so once COVID hit, you know, you couldn't go to the gym. And so I would literally just walk around my house just trying to get in steps, you know, especially wintertime. Summertime, I stay busy with golf and everything else. But wintertime, I would literally just put it on the radio and walk around my house just to stay active.
0: What were you listening to out of curiosity? Was it music or uh, was it? Oh,
2: yeah, music. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. What kind
0: of music you listen to?
2: I like a lot of the grunge. So there you go. Yeah. Pearl
1: Jam, House in Chains, Candle yeah. Box. Alice in Chains, Candlebox, Alice in Chains, Nirvana,
2: Rage Against the Machine. Yeah,
0: yeah. yep. Nineties so, music was the best fucking. Music so, oh man, great era. Before yeah. you came in today, we were talking about how important music therapy is.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: and how you all oh, we've all had a song we listened to. It it's so powerful. It makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is something. And you just kind of proved it. You're getting your exercise in in your house, but you're also at the same time getting that music in your ears. And there's nothing there's not too many things that are better. Well, oh, it's your a ears. mood enhancer, and it gets
2: you. You know, if you sit around and it's all quiet and stuff, it's easy to sit on the couch and just grab right. a bag of chips and watch yeah. TV or mm-hmm. whatever. Put on some music and it just makes your mood better. At least it does for me. I agree. So, then the golf game is much better actually than it was whenever I had two legs. Now, granted, I get to play a lot more. Thanks to a lot of generous people, you know, uh, Paolo Oil Foundation, you, Mark, does Arlington, he play at birdies for bipolar. Arlington? Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay.
0: He is the correct me if I'm wrong. You're the president of the Arlington Greens. I am
2: now the president. Bob Whitehead uh, resigned, so and president I was the vice of what? president. It's called Arlington Greens Veterans Golf uh, Association, and so it's just a bunch of veterans that play at Arlington Greens in uh, Granite City, oh, Pontoon Beach, Collinsville oh, you shit. Know, area. That's cool. So yeah, shout out to Mark Barcuso. he. And he's just he's tremendous. Him, yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. He does yeah. so much. We, we probably
0: us. need to get him on this podcast. Oh my gosh. He, yeah. He, he would be good, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah, well, tell Brandon and tell some of our listeners about the success you had in Europe this summer.
2: Yeah, it was a tremendous opportunity. That was that's a good story too.
0: Yeah. Um, it's an unbelievable so I, I story. I go
2: back uh, I go to Nationals in Vegas and a friend of mine, John Muelling, was supposed to go there. And God bless him, he ended up having a stroke, and so he wasn't able to make it. And so I, I play in Vegas. It's windy. There's one that's like 195 yard, par three over water, and I'm like, I think I probably need to hit driver here because hit the wind, wind yeah. right in your face, gusting probably 35, 40 miles an hour. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just gonna try and hit my four iron, it, <laughs> nope. <laughs> so I didn't play very well. I wasn't very happy with how I played it. It wasn't horrible. I got better each day. It's a three day event. And so I get back and it's November and me, my girlfriend, Michelle and my mom are sitting in the garage, having a few beers, listening to music. And so <laughs> Riley Schubert, who runs the Chicago tournament, the Midwest tournament calls me up and says, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, having a beer. He's like, Hey, you want to go to England? I was like, <laughs> I had a few beers. I was like, sure. What for? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, huh? Of course I do. Yeah, let's go to England. All right. What are we going to do, though? Yeah. And he's like, "Uh, for golf. I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. And I didn't play well, like I said. So I thought I get along with everybody pretty good. And, you know, I'm a pretty good team player. And I thought he just wanted me to go root on the team. I was like, all right, yeah. Let me see if I can figure out financially. And yeah, I'm in. He's like, no, you're going to play.
0: He wanted you like, on the team. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's like, I was like, really? <laughs> you know, I was kind of stunned. So that was free then. Um, I had a lot of out-of-pocket expense. I did raise a little bit of money through, uh, shout out to Proper Cannabis. They helped me yeah. out a little bit. And Ascend yeah. Cannabis so in Collinsville, they helped me out. But yeah. That started the whole process of getting ready for England. And and you were so part of a was, team, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was the United States, Wales, England, and Scotland. So there's four teams. And so they had the stable fruit for format, which I wasn't real familiar with until this tournament. So I did some research on it. And my handicap worked out perfect. I'm an 18 handicap. So I get slope rating. I think I ended up getting 22 strokes because of the slope rating. So... I get one stroke a hole, and on the four toughest holes, I get two strokes. Right. But there were some people there with literally like 38 handicaps. It was insane.
0: Those are called sandbaggers.
2: Right. It was insane. And I played against one guy who's like a 27 or something like that. And he had like I think a birdie and seven pars. I was like,
0: you're like bro, dude,
2: you lying. I was like, you're not a 27 handicap.
0: There's, now there's is everybody like in this event an amputee? No.
2: Okay. And that that was another thing that I had an issue with. It's called the Phoenix Cup. Great event. I had a blast. Love the people. Experience of a lifetime. But their roles for adaptive golf are different than ours. Okay. So if you have PTSD, you, you qualify. Okay. So you're able body right. completely fine. You have PTSD, and whereas here they have the US adaptive open now that they just started last year. You wouldn't qualify just for right. having PTSD. Yeah, to have a physical impairment, right, or a mental, a severe mental like there's people with you know, autism or whatever, so they qualify because they're the, in fact the guy that won. I think had something like he was on the spectrum or something like that, which you know that's all stuff that they need to iron out because sure.
0: they're they're able bodied. Sure, you know, you know, yeah, there should be a little separation there, right,
2: right, and so like. Chad Pfeiffer's a really good golfer. He's an above knee amputee, left leg. Just I think game. I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he might be number one as far as left leg above knee. Mm-hmm. Number one in
0: that's what you are. Left leg above yeah.
2: knee. Yeah, yeah. And so he, I think he finished in the top five.
0: Was he on like your that. team at this thing? And
2: um, no, he played in. So they have another thing called the Carnes Cup, which is kind of like Ryder Cup format. And so I was anxious about that and then, so whenever I found out it was stableford I was kind of disappointed. I liked the more the team aspect basketball, sure. you know, match play and all that. But it was it was a great experience and I did well. Yeah, you I won some up, points, right? Yeah, I got us uh, I believe it was 6 points. Nice. Yeah. So I Scotland mean when it winning.
0: you know, that's got to be pretty cool. Obviously you've already you're a veteran, but to represent the United States. Oh man.
2: It was, was I mean,
0: I don't care if you're playing hockey or golf or basketball. Yeah. I mean, to be able to wear the red, white, and blue and represent your country, that had to be an awesome feeling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was, like I said, an experience of a lifetime and yeah, representing Mm -hmm. the United States was just, I got chills just thinking about it. Yeah. I love this country. And uh, a lot of people asked me if I had to do all over again, would I still have joined the Navy? Like if I would have known that, Hey, you're going to end up losing your leg. I was like. Absolutely. It's what I needed in my life at that time because oh. I wasn't going down the right path, you know, and it, I grew up real quick.
0: Well, what you just said right there is the mentality of all the veterans, and that's why you guys are special people, and yeah. that's why the United States is so lucky to have you because without people like you with that mindset, you know, we wouldn't have the freedoms that we enjoy.
2: Right. And this country's having some issues right now. It's a few hiccups right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> But you still got the young men and women still all volunteer. Absolutely. Nobody making you do it like uh, Israel. Women and men, they have to do two years. I think that'd be almost a great thing, especially for today's, the gin, what is it? Z or whatever the oh, hell we'll it letter, is. What we'll letter we <laughs> on with that shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know I'm, yeah, yeah, I'll try to stay out of this. I'm not into the, all this bullshit. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not okay. a fan of it. Hey,
0: this is America. You can say whatever right. you want.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly it. You know, more um, power to them. I just, people live their own lives. I don't, yeah. you shouldn't have to force anything down anyone's throat.
0: Let, let me be. let me ask you this while I'm thinking about it, though. Sure, so your story is incredible. What you've been through, what you've overcome, what I've seen in just the seven years I've known you is remarkable, and I just learned even more today. What kind of advice would you give to people out there, whether they're veterans or not, that are going through something challenging and they need to stay the course or they need to shift? from where they are currently into a better area, just like you did. I mean, what, what kind of advice would you give to people out there that, that need to hear things so they can change their momentum?
2: So if it's something that they need to change, like, you know, for instance, if they're on medications or whatever, first step is just no shit. Just be like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like literally say I'm changing and get that mindset. That's your goal. Every day is to get better. If it's, coming off of it, or if you have to go to rehab or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then once you do it, you have to stick with it. For a lot of people, especially people that end up going to the street or whatever, they get around the same people. And so they'll go to rehab and get clean, but they won't change their lifestyle as far as the people they're associating with, and they end up relapsing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's got to be a complete 360. So whatever you're doing, you got to stop all that shit and get better friends find someone to look up to find a mentor and find something you're passionate about you know i have a son right now that's going through some difficult times and he's been a sports buff his entire life just very knowledgeable about sports statistics and it's like i don't care what it is if it's sports find something you're passionate about and just do it so i'm still praying for him he's doing a little better but it's been a struggle he's 28 years old and Just a damn shame because he's still young yeah, and he's still got time, but he's got to, like I said, he's got to commit. He's got to make that commitment to get better and want to get better. Yeah, If you don't want to do it and you can't make anyone do it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I think you're right on when you say it's very simple, two words, get better, right? Like I, obviously you've talked about it here in this interview quite a bit. I know for me, That was always the mindset with golf. Let's figure out a way to get better. But then I had to throw golf on the side and get into my own mental health and my own well-being and say, hey, we got to figure out how to get better. No matter what that is, Mm -hmm. whether that's getting sober or, like you said, getting off prescription pills or painkillers. I mean, you just have to figure out ways to get better. That's all there is to it, really.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably different for everyone, right? Absolutely. It is. I agree. uh, For me. It was me going to the doctor and then waiting it off of it. I was fortunate. I had, I've got a lot of good friends and support through veterans' friends and the golf league and everything else. So I didn't really have that issue as far as being around people that were doing street drugs or whatever like that. Right. My main issue was just getting off the pills, and everything just kind of came together after that went to san diego in 2019 and it's kind of funny so the recreational therapists at the va wanted me to go it's called the summer sports clinic so they take a bunch of veterans with ptsd me i'm an amputee just whatever you're disabled they take you out there they pay for a portion of it or whatever and so i was like all right i'll do it he kept wanting me to go he's like you're gonna surf I was oh, like, John, really? <laughs> I was like, that's funny. He's like, no, dude, you're going to surf. I was like, all right. Like, I was oh, like, fucking I'm in. surfboard yeah. in the waves in the ocean. Yeah, Pacific, right. San Diego. So I go out, I visit my son in Seattle. I always wanted to drive the Pacific Coast <laughs> Highway. So I drove from Seattle all the way down to San Diego. Oh, that's cool. Cool drive. Need more time. So I get to San Diego, and sure enough, it's surfing day. I'm pretty intense. Like, once I try something, it's like, all right, I'm in, you know, like yeah. the hardest part was getting over the wake and getting out there. You're wore out by the time you get out there. And then you got to pop up and ride and then it. Then you get it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I got up on my foot <laughs> a couple of times for a few seconds, but, you know, I, I was I kept doing it. You know, I was like, all right, that was like one second, two seconds. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try and get to five seconds. But anyway, so this, this guy comes up and say, hey, do you want a water? She was a participant, and so we started talking, and that's my girlfriend Michelle. So she ended up being from St. Louis, and so no way we, we just kind of kind of <laughs> hit her. I off. didn't
0: know this story.
2: Yeah, serendipity. Yeah. yeah. So it's been yeah, it's been a few years now. Uh, I guess it was September of 2019. So we're going on four years being together, and so she moved in with me. We got two dogs. Yeah, everything's life's great.
0: Good. It's, it's Man, really I'm so good. happy to hear that. Hell yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So. I booked my flight separately than hers. And so the flight home, her seat's right next to me.
0: No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh my like, Lord.
2: Wow. That's that meant to be shit. Right. Yep, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that's real, like, yeah, she works for the VA and she served an right. Great. So life. she's a veteran herself. Yes. Get the oh, fuck out of here. Man, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable.
0: She's, yeah. She's, she's really cool. Well, really? that is so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I did not She supports know me in my golf. Yeah. And,
2: you know, so yeah, I'm really blessed, man. Like, Things really couldn't be better right now.
0: Well, I know that one of the reasons that you made this shift is because you've always had a really good attitude. And I know we've talked about that before. But, man, thank you so much for coming in to talk with us. thank you for having me. Uh, You know, thank you for your service. And uh, you are definitely one of the Navy's finest. And um, (laughs) we appreciate everything you've done and continue to do. And, um, you know, we'll we'll certainly check in, you know, with you again down the road. But I think people are going to learn a lot about yeah. the mentality of a veteran and just the, the positive mentality people need to have to to improve themselves and get better. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. man.
2: You, really. you can't overcome it, right? You're going to have obstacles, and you learn most from your failures. Amen. 100%. Not from your success. Fail forward. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But also going back to what you said a minute ago about you have a lot of good friends, you have a support group. Right. That's awesome. And they probably didn't even know you needed the support until you told them you did. And right. we try to encourage people to reach out to others because you'll never know that... How many people are actually feeling the same way you might be feeling, right? And it'll help Absolutely. you get right through it. So man, cool!
2: That you is ready great for spring.
0: Yeah, I think I'm ready. Man.
2: I hit some golf balls the other day into the net. I was like it's sixty degrees, so I was like, yeah, I want to get out, out on the golf course." But uh, it's like, yeah, I just hit
0: some into the net. Oh man! Well that's bobby looking hutchinson to,
2: yeah looking forward
0: um, to this uh season thanks mike yeah man thank you for coming out yeah, thank appreciate you uh, that's bobby hutchinson for my partner brandon Magamy the natty king i'm michael wellington and we will see you next time on street smart
1: love you